Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. I had to stop and double check there. The snow day yesterday is really throwing me off all of a sudden. But it is Thursday morning. It's January 26th. It's 7 a.m. I'm Adam Wright, and you are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. How great it is to be with you today. Let's begin our morning in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the question today, where am I going? That's the question. We're going to pick that up with Steve Wood later today. We've been talking with him about worldview this week. And, uh, that, you know, so where are we going with it? Well, actually, that's the question we're going to ask, as we just said. We're also going to be talking with Father Lawrence Carney today about St. Francis de Sales. We celebrated his memorial on Tuesday, but St. Francis de Sales is someone we should have on our radar screen each and every day of the year. Introduction to the devout life is, well, it's just that, the introduction. There's a lot more to him than that. And uh, we've got some other goodies for you this morning for our radio listeners. We're going to hear some words. Well, I'm just going to surprise you. I think I want to surprise you. But we also have some good music lined up for you today as well on the radio, Daily Dose of Encouragement, and more here on Roadmap to Heaven. Now, yesterday we were enjoying the glistening snow on the tree branches, but by mid-morning it was turning to slush falling off the branches, much like when my children go to the snow cone stand and tip the little cone, I, I guess it's paper, whatever it may be, and the slush falls to the ground. At least this didn't have syrup in it and get sticky, but it was just as cold and wet. Today, I don't know what's in store, but I take comfort in knowing that Mike Roberts has the weather for us to let us know what's in store. So let's now go to Mike Roberts for today's weather and Saint of the Day. Today is the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus, who were bishops. Born around the year 17, Timothy received his faith through the conversion of his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, both of whom are named by St. Paul in his letter to Timothy, which we'll hear from in today's first reading. The same reading goes on to show Paul telling Timothy that he was given a gift by God when Paul laid his hands on him. Paul calls Timothy, who may be a little bit timid, to be bold and tells him to use this gift and turn it into flame and through his love and through self-control to use it to give testimony without feeling ashamed. It is very clear in Titus 1 that Paul is a close friend to Titus as he gives him full control over the church in Crete. Both Timothy and Titus received letters from Paul. Both were bishops and both spent a lot of time on the road preaching the word of God with the help and support of Paul. Timothy helped establish the church in Corinth. Titus did the same thing on the island of Crete. Saints Timothy and Titus, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Our catechist question today is a scriptural one. I'd like to read you a passage of scripture, and I'd like to ask if you can identify the... Uh, book and the chapter. I won't make you go down to the verse, but uh, I'm going to look for the book in the chapter. 
What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being slain all the day. We are looked upon as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know the book? Do you know the chapter? It is Romans chapter 8. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, one I go back to read. And one, uh, you know, if you haven't read it in a while, go read Romans chapter 8. Read the whole book of Romans. It's a, it's a great letter. And, you know, here's the other thing. When we talk about what can separate us, well, you're, you know, you can actually separate yourself. That's the unfortunate thing is through our choice to sin, talking about mortal sin here, grave matter that we know is grave matter, and we choose to do it anyway. When we commit a mortal sin, we cut ourselves off. Uh, you know, it's not that God stops loving us. We just refuse it, you know. Um, so don't don't do that. Pray for the grace to avoid sin. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later this week or next week about uh, the importance of a regular confession and doing that. Prayer before a crucifix. Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel, and with the greatest fervor of spirit I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus, they have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones. The last time Steve Wood was with us, we started answering these questions to help us form a proper worldview, and more specifically to help the youth of today form a proper worldview. It's absolutely essential. And we started with the question, where do I come from? It's an essential question so that we can also ask this next question, where am I going? And uh, Steve, as much as I'd like to think I could just pop on the GPS in my car and it's going to tell me where to go, I think God's got something different in mind for that. Well, it does. And, and again, we're trying to work through the basic questions that form the outlook on everything, like when information and questions about morality and everything else is presented to a, an adult or a young person, they view it in a Christian way. I'm going to tie together our first question, where did I come from, with our second question, where are we going? from a passage in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 282. Try to write that down if you're not driving. Section 282, and this is straight out of the Catechism. Quote, where do we come from? Where are we going? What is our origin? What is our end? The two questions, the first about the origin and the second about the end, are inseparable. They are decisive for the meaning and orientation of our life and actions. And that last sentence, they are decisive for the meaning and orientation of our life and actions. Another word for that is simply worldview. And so you're not just lost in the world. You have to have answers to these two questions. And just like to remind parents, that they found out that teaching worldview 
changes young people's views on morality and actually behaviors, their moral behaviors, more than teaching them Christian doctrine. It doesn't mean we're not going to teach them Christian doctrine, but that the priority and the missing link, so to speak, in the formation of young people are worldview questions, and we have the answers to these. We're ready to go. Well, it's my experience, and you know my background, Adam. I was an evangelical pastor, now a Catholic layperson, but both Catholic and Protestant circles there's a, a great fog about this second worldview questions like, where am I going? And you know, there's uh, countless hymns about heavenly mansions um, and kind of like this non-bodily existence of your soul, maybe playing a harp on a cloud. And I can remember uh, seeing a cartoon, I think it was in the New Yorker, it showed two guys kind of on the cloud with their harps and stuff. And one guy just lying down like he's very bored, and he goes, I wish I bought a magazine. And when we approach young people today with all the excitement, the opportunities, and the distractions, and everything else, and say to them, well, we want you to deny yourself, maybe your peer group that might be going in the wrong way, and all the enticements and allurements, so you can go live on a cloud. I'm afraid that's just not going to work. Um, and that's not what the Scripture teaches and prove me wrong. Ask your son or your daughter what they think eternal life will be like after the return of Christ. In other words, the eternal state after this period of human history is over and Christ returns, what will eternal life look like, and where will you be? And number one, you'll find that the majority of adults, adults, and youth attend church regularly, when they hear the word resurrection, they think the resurrection of the soul. But when we confess in the creed, it's the resurrection of the body, that the body that goes in the grave will come to life and be very much alive. In fact, it'll be very much like Jesus's body. He rose from the dead bodily, and he built a fire on the beach and cooked fish, talked to his disciples, and told Thomas, put your hand in the air. It was a, a new, renewed body, fit for everlasting life, but it was a real body. That's a number one, that the body's going to have an eternal existence. And then the second question is, where will we be? And I dare say a lot of people think we're going to be up there, wherever up there is. Now, the Catechism very carefully says, heaven is where Jesus is, okay? Now, Jesus right now, I mean, his presence is everywhere, obviously, but, you know, specifically, he's enthroned in heaven. He is up there. But the second coming says he comes back, and you read the closing chapters of the Bible, there'll be a new heavens and new earth with Jesus Christ present on earth. In other words, heaven comes to earth, and heaven is on earth, and there's going to be streams and forests, and it'll be gorgeous, and there will be real people, extended families, there will be birds and trees and animals, except they won't eat each other. There's actually going to be a new heaven, a new earth, with new bodies, living with Jesus Christ, 
living with your extended family, living without war, pain, sickness, death, and have abundance of food and fruits and joy and happiness forever. This is what humans were destined for. And this is kind of a part of the missing link for worldview. If young people can get this one, then it's like, oh, this life, then I really, really is a preparation for a life to come that I can't wait. It makes me think of one of my favorite retreat centers sitting in the rocking chair in the early morning, seeing the mist coming from the river and looking out over the trees, especially in the fall when the leaves are starting to turn. And you say, well, how could this get any better? Well, if our Lord was with us right there, I imagine it would be even more amazing and even better. And it's a great way, uh, it's a great reminder for us, Steve, to think about things as we are told they will be, um, not just what kindergarten Adam thought, that heaven is sitting on a cloud looking at the blue sky for all of eternity. So, I'm, you know, I, I have to admit, I'm a little jazzed up this morning. I really would like to get to heaven and experience that new heaven, that new earth with our Lord and with as many of our listeners as possible. But we have some work to do. We do. Let's get going with the new heavens and the new earth. Indeed. Well, Steve, this has been a great question to look at today. Where are we going? And the next one uh, we're going to look at when we reconvene is, why am I here? You know, as a father of small children, that's a question we get a lot. Why are we here? What are we doing here? What's going on here? And yet we ask it ourselves in our prayer, and we ask it of God all the time. So until next time, Steve, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Adam, and great to be with you and your listeners. Prayer for the Gift of Prudence. Jesus, artful master of parables, your prudence eluded the hypocrites. Your actions were known before creation, displaying all the wisdom of your prudence. Eternity must have attended to minutia. Being prudent in your best interest, you considered all potential consequences, securing the outcome of your earthly life. Grant me the prudence to always be cautious and sensitive to the basic needs of others. Jesus, you have shown great foresight. Prudence truly originates from your being. Amen. This week we're celebrating one of our patron saints here at Covenant Network, that's St. Francis de Sales. And when it comes to the writings of the doctors of the church, St. Francis de Sales is sometimes referred to as a gentle giant. And we're happy to be speaking with Father Lawrence Carney today, who's a priest of the Diocese of Wichita in Kansas, uh, about St. Francis de Sales and some of the lessons he has for us. Father Carney, it's so great to have you with us here on Roadmap to Heaven today. Thanks for having me, Adam. It's an honor. Now, when we think of St. Francis de Sales, usually the first thing we gravitate towards is Introduction to the Devout Life, a wonderful book that if you haven't read it, friends, get yourself a copy and read it. That's that's step number one here. But there's so much more to St. Francis de Sales than Introduction to the Devout Life. He doesn't just leave you with the introduction. He takes you even deeper into a devout life. What are some of the lessons that you love, Father, that you've learned from St. Francis de Sales? Well... A lot of times, the actions of saints teach me. So when he was about 29, newly ordained as a priest, he would walk around the city of Chablof in Switzerland, where Calvinism had taken root and had basically taken 72,000 Catholics away from their faith when they became Calvinist. Well, he went in there and preached with the gold of his lips and just the heart of his actions 
and he, by the grace of God, converted. Re, they were called reverts. They, they came back to the church, which is a phenomenon that hasn't ever happened before. And so I, I wonder, he acted like an apostle, and going through those years of doing that, how God blessed him with so much wisdom, that that comes out later on in his life when he's ordained a bishop and helping start a, a new uh, religious community, the vegetation, and, and just writing in such a way that souls that are have such loss of hope and maybe despair, he is definitely a winner for them. And I think that he learned a lot of that on the streets in Chablau. Now, one of the books that is coming to the forefront of my uh, mind right now is titled Consoling Thoughts, and it it expresses his love for suffering souls and giving them solace and that exhortation to continue. And I think, you know, here in 2023, if you look around the world, there is no shortage of souls who are suffering, some who might not even know that they are suffering. Um, what are some of those lessons that maybe we should be taking to heart that we could share with those around us? I just was reading today, he said something, be not annoyed to remain in bed without meditation, for to endure the scourges of our Lord is no less good than to meditate. No, indeed, but it is much better to be on the cross with Jesus than merely to contemplate him in prayer. So he had a soul that was, as many of them that he would visit, they would be contemplatives. They would have a, a different, a, a set of a rule of life where they would have a holy hour and a set divine office and the rosaries, whatever devotions they had. So this soul in particular was agonizing in her bed, and he wrote to her and said, don't be worried about the fact that you can't go in front of the Blessed Sacrament for an hour today, because in divine providence, he was so big on divine providence, this is what he wants you to do. He wants you to suffer the sufferings that he's handing to you at this very moment, which can be more efficacious than just following your rule of life, because there's more virtues that can be had when we suffer, as we know. So he's just a golden mouth. He's almost like St. John Chrysostom in his writing. That's a really wonderful lesson for us. I mean, to think, I'm, and, and there have been times I've been sick, and it's happened to me before over Christmas, and what what a holy day, and I was not able to go to Mass because I was so sick. And here I'm laying in bed saying, woe is me, woe is me, I can't go to Holy Mass on Christmas, and yet St. Francis de Sales has that beautiful lesson, well, not woe is you, you're suffering right now, and if you change that mindset, Adam, you could offer that suffering and live that suffering, and that could be your sanctification. That, that's an incredible lesson for us, Father. You know, there's a debate, whether what's the highest form of life, you know, and the Dominicans talk about being an apostle, and then the Benedictines talk about being a, a monk alone with God. So, I mean, I lean towards the apostolic, where St. Thomas talks about the apostle doesn't just do activity for the sake of activity. He actually contemplates God and then shares that when he's interrupted. And this is what somebody wrote about St. Francis Sells. He cannot contain the fire that consumes him. He allows it to escape by every sense. Moreover, he so well unites simplicity of diction with beauty of metaphor, that in perusing his works, we feel the ornaments to flow from his pen without an effort on his part 
to seek them. So that right there, he shares his contemplation. So that tells you that his life is totally taken up into union with God. I mean, he is probably in the spiritual union at some point early in his life. I haven't been able to, to dive into it, but just based upon his commenters and how he writes, these are good things for people to read, to read the devout life, to read consoling thoughts, especially in a time when the narrative is so much from hell. We have these books of heaven, so we can decide who fills our soul with the narrative from hell or the narrative from heaven. And St. Francis de Sales is like an apostle. I mean, some of his promoters just compared him to some of the, uh, the 12 apostles in a lot of times. So there's, there's a lot of beauty to get these four volumes to turn off the, the news, if you can, the negative news, and open up these books for a year. You're going to have a whole better year. It's going to be uh, one that's more pointed towards heaven than hell. I, one of the things you just said, Father, was the ease of his writings. And I, I chuckle a little bit because I was just reflecting on a uh, post I made on social media a couple of years ago. I had just gotten a collected volume of the works of Pope Benedict XVI, uh, both when he was Cardinal Ratzinger and then later the Holy Father. And in the note, I said, I love reading this, but I also I love reading it even more with a strong cup of coffee and a good dictionary handy, because it was very lofty and, and great stuff that Pope Benedict XVI gave us. But with St. Francis de Sales, there really is an ease of reading and an ease of understanding what he is trying to convey to us. St. Francis de Sales, if he's not on your reading list, he's a saint that should be on your reading list. I want to thank Father Lawrence Carney for taking the time to be with us this morning morning on Roadmap to Heaven. Father, could I ask you to offer a prayer or a blessing for our listeners? Sure. Let's say the Hail Mary, and I'll give you all a blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Benedictio Domini Potentis, Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Antion, et Super Vos, et Mani, et Semper. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Prayer to the Blessed Virgin. O Mary, you desire so much to see Jesus loved. If you love me, this is the favor which I ask of you, to obtain for me a great personal love of Jesus Christ. You obtain from your Son whatever you please. Pray then for me that I may never lose the grace of God, and that I may increase in holiness and perfection from day to day. By that grief which you severed on Calvary, when you beheld Jesus expire on the cross, obtain for me a happy death, that by loving Jesus and you, my mother, on earth I may receive the reward of loving and blessing you eternally in heaven. We stop on this Thursday for our daily dose of encouragement, and this week we've kind of turned things over to St. Francis de Sales, but here to bring that to us is Patty Schneier. Well, we've talked about St. Francis de Sales and his prayers or his works of encouragement, his writings that have been passed on. We've talked about his act of abandonment when we talked about suffering a little bit. He has a beautiful encouragement for us yesterday. It was called Be at Peace. Today is called Confidence in God by St. Francis de Sales. Here it is. It is good to mistrust ourselves, but how would that advantage us were we not to throw all our confidence on God? and to wait on his mercy. 
If you feel no such confidence, cease not on that account from making these acts and from saying to our Lord, yet, O Lord, though I have no feeling of confidence in you, nevertheless, I know that you are my God, that I am all yours, and that I have no hope but in your goodness. So I abandon myself entirely into your hands. It is always in our power to make these acts of faith. Even though we have difficulty in performing them, still there's no impossibility. We can testify our faithfulness to our Lord by saying this. So that's when we don't feel confident in ourselves, and maybe right now you might not even be feel confident in God. That's when you make an act of faith. That's when you say, I know you are my God and that I am all yours. That's the key of the prayer. I know you are my God and I know I'm all yours. Say that maybe over and over today to restore your confidence that you are his beloved child and your confidence in God that he is with you and working through you in all things. Once again, we're grateful to St. Francis de Sales and Patty Schneier for today's daily dose of encouragement. Lest we forget, it was on this day 24 years ago. 24 years ago. Can you believe that? That Pope John Paul II, well, as we refer to him now, St. John Paul II, offered Holy Mass at what was then called the Trans World Dome in downtown St. Louis. And earlier this month, we were down there for the Focus Seek 23 conference, and we kept remarking about how it was just probably the greatest thing to happen in that building since the Papal Mass 24 years ago. And I had a great conversation with someone yesterday about my experience in high school youth ministry, which is where I would have been in 1999. And one of the things, one of the reasons I'm here with you today on the air was the challenge that was given to us by St. John Paul II. Remember, Christ is calling you, the church needs in you, the Pope believes in you and expects great things of you. That confidence from the Holy Father was was just life-changing. And thank goodness I had a support system of faithful Catholics who wanted to help all of us in the youth group grow in relationship with our Lord. And I look back at some of the people that I, I spent a lot of time with in those days and what they are doing in the church now. And you can really see how grace-filled that visit was and the path it sent many of us on. And so we pray for all of those souls that have those moments daily. You know, sometimes we may be in the presence of a saint and a future saint and not even know it, but let's always endeavor to be there, ready to evangelize, ready to walk with one another on this journey of faith. Who knows how we might be able to assist someone we might not ever know, you know, and that that's the crazy thing. Like, I'm sure if you would have asked St. John Paul II at the time when he was here in St. Louis, what do you think the impact of your visit will be on Adam Wright? He'd probably say, who's Adam Wright? You know, um, that's okay. That's why we're called to do things with great love. I, I think of St. Teresa of Calcutta, another person who's visited St. Louis and a dear friend of St. John Paul II, who reminds us always to do many things, you know, small things with great love. It's really a, a great reminder for us. So as you go about your Thursday Don't worry about doing extraordinary things today. If the opportunity presents itself, well, then more power to you. I hope you get to do something extraordinary today. But in every little thing you do, do it with great love and do it with the intention of becoming a saint 
ask God for the grace you need to do so, because friends, we cannot do it on our own. We need his grace. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to dive into some things with uh, Father Wade Menezes. It's going to be a multi-part conversation. We're going to start tomorrow and have to pick up next week. I guarantee you of that, but it's going to be some good stuff. So tune in for that and more on Roadmap to Heaven. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for tuning in to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. As the Blessed Mother tells us to do, and St. John Paul II would also tell you to do, pray your rosary today.